This week on Ultra 64, we're playing Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, so hey, listen! Welcome to Ultra 64. We are the Internet's comprehensive Nintendo 64 podcast. Each and every week we are playing a randomly selected game from the Nintendo 64 catalog, and we are playing it, and we are letting it be a part of us, and we are transcending to the higher plane. And, uh, well, maybe that's just with this week's game, but I might be a little biased. My name is Steve Guntley. I am Fetch Quest enthusiast Woody Siskowski. And we are happy to be joined by a first-time guest. Please introduce yourself, first-time guest. My name is Caleb Sanders. I am first-time guest, long-time Zelda fan. I have the uh, Triforce actually tattooed on my body. Awesome. But we're I... not going to tell you where. <laughs> <laughs> I just put out on Twitter, actually, that if like I double my followers on Twitter on there, I'm going to get a Triforce tattoo on myself. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick through that. And so. how, many, how many tattoos do you have now? Currently? I have zero. All I have right. zero. I'm so afraid that, that of getting cool. tattoos. My so. first tattoo was the Triforce, so it's a good way go. to uh, pop your uh, tattoo cherry. That's a good way to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, Caleb is actually my boss, so we're going to cut the usual 15-minute section where I complain about my job at yeah. the top of every episode. But, uh, you know, what? Well, it'll be back next week. Don't worry. Yeah, but uh, but it's all good. <laughs> don't, don't listen to the podcast. <laughs> I actually, I freely admit, I have a horrible time listening to podcasts. Oh, okay. Because I love being on podcasts <laughs> because I can be part of the conversation. But listening to podcasts, I'm like, I, I want to say things and have them say things back. I mean, so I this talk is like to the them anyway. Compromise. Yeah. I talk to them anyway. I get, yeah, it's, it's a weird relationship you get with podcasts. Like, cause if you're listening to one host for like for a long time every day, it's like, oh, it's, it's my old buddy, the guy who lives <laughs> in my ear, you know, but then you try and contact them in real life and they're like, I don't know you. Yeah. You're it weird. was, yeah. I was listening to the same, like every, I was catching up on like 200 episodes of one podcast for about three or four months. And mm. then I realized, you know, I've listened to these three guys I've never met talk more than anyone in, that I actually know in real life yeah. over the past few months. Yeah, that might actually be accurate. Yeah, yeah. And I have yet it's to alarming. listen to a podcast and have the host suddenly say, you're right, Caleb. <laughs> you're right. And so that's what's missing, I think. Well, it might happen today. It might happen. It might see, happen. Well, Maybe I've had not. it happen on podcasts I've been on. May, oh. uh, see, well, which other podcasts have you been on? Only one. Okay. Uh, I have some friends who do a podcast called Beer Plus Three. Oh, okay. Uh, saving the world one beer at a time. That's a good way to save the world, I think. I mean, nothing else has worked, so just keep drinking. Mm -hmm. Guys, we're talking about Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time we today. Know Holy it from whatever we were just shit. talking about there. Oh my god, Steve I'm so excited. excited. I am like game. he likes this My game. nipples are going crazy, you guys. Like it's out of control. You have, no, can verify. You have <laughs> radar on your nipples. They are point, full on polygons right to now. the nearest Zelda game. <laughs> and you laugh maniacally <laughs> as you fly up to the ceilings. <laughs> It's, uh, oh. it's full-on Great Fairy, actually. Yeah. I mean, this this game is like, how do you even begin talking about it? This is definitely one of the biggest games, the most important, and one of my personal favorite, if not my personal favorite games of all time. I'm just going to put that out there right now. I've got that bias. I'm counting on you two cantankerous <laughs> bastards to uh, give me some hot takes about well, it. Well, we've already covered that I have the Triforce literally yeah. tattooed uh, on me. It's true. So I'm everything is with a great assault. On I, I, will do my, I will do my best to provide some hot takery. Just, I would appreciate this is a, it. This is a difficult game to 
give too hot of takes because yeah. it is objectively a very, very good game. Yeah, you were kind of grasping while we were playing. Yeah, You're I, like, I really was. I, the colors are a little dark. Compared to Mario. Yeah, yeah true. Every Mario, color. which is all based around shrooms. Yeah. Every, every color is dark compared to Mario. That's true, that's true. Uh, all right, so we know uh, Caleb's pretty much an expert. You you were kind of your own Hyrule Historia while we were listening, sitting here like playing these games. You remember all the mythology better mm-hmm. than I possibly can, so uh, good on you. Uh, Woody, what's your experience with Zelda? Are you um, a, kind of a super fan or less yeah, so? Yeah, I mean... I wouldn't say that I'm a super fan of Zelda the franchise so much as... Zelda the person, though? Yeah, exactly. I'm a big fan of Zelda the person. Um, It's just been a home to so many very, very good games. Um, But I don't... I think the last Zelda game I played was Wind Waker, like as in most recent, which is not a new game. No. Um, no. But I love... I think Link to the Past is my favorite Zelda game, just because that came a little... I was a little younger, and so it sort of resonated with me more when I played it. Mm Mm-hmm. but that actually segues pretty well to my next question. What are your guys' favorite oh. non Ocarina of Time Zelda games? Just to just to cut that one from the list for now. Do we have favorites? I can start off. I think maybe I I, I I vacillate a little bit on this, but I think my next favorite after Ocarina of Time would be Link's Awakening for the Game Boy. Sure. I think that is the best That's, Game Boy game. Yeah, the, and uh, Pokemon Red. Better than Pokemon Red. Okay, okay. The only thing that might challenge it for me is Donkey Kong on Game Boy because it turns oh. into a whole extra like platform yeah. puzzle thing. Yeah. But but yeah, I think Link's Awakening might be my, my favorite. And I played that. Link's Awakening and basically all the uh, Game Boy ones on the emulator on the Wii U. Oh, nice. I never played. I never had a Game Boy. Yeah. Uh, so I mostly read about the Game Boy games up until uh, very recently. It's a controversial choice, but I think Breath of the Wild is my favorite non-Ocarina no. of Time Zelda game. It's a very non-Zelda Zelda game. Yeah. But I think it kept all of the spirit and uh, to the point where I actually have like a painting of it on my office wall. Well, yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm excited to dig into Breath of the Wild and play it because um, it, it looks great and it does look like a change of pace. I think I just got burned out on Zelda a little bit because um, Link to the Past and then Ocarina of Time such a good set such a good template for things Mm -hmm. that it felt like twilight princess was just sort of borrowing that feel that they did kind of feel more like graphical upgrades yeah Yeah, i didn't feel much of a need to go through more box pushing puzzles what are are you talking about midna is nothing like navi (laughs) she's not annoying and yelling stuff all at you all the time well she actually is useful at times which navi really isn't i do like turning into a wolf though Mm -hmm. that's always fun i mean that's the thing there are no Really, there aren't any bad Zelda games. I mean, I would argue Skyward's of the main series. Skyward Sword is probably the worst because it's the only one I haven't beaten. <laughs> Adventure uh, of Link is not great, but it's we. I mean, for NES, I I really love that game. I stand by it for as weird as it is. It's another one that doesn't feel very much like a Zelda game. That game they would be so much better if your sword was an inch longer. Yeah. Like <laughs> so many things that, in my I was life would say be that, better. Yeah. Says so many men throughout <laughs> history. Sponsored this week by Hymns. No, we're not. Um, yeah, but I, yeah, definitely. I, I, Breath of the Wild is up there for me, but I always think of Breath of the Wild almost like a different game series because it's so distinct from like New Zelda. And plus, it's so new. I'm always a little reticent to put it at the top mm-hmm. of lists. But I agree with the sentiment. I did absolutely love it. Wind Waker is a big one for me. I really love Wind and Waker. I found Wind Waker actually to be pretty annoying. Really? I so did I. I oh, hated playing Wind was, Waker. There I love it. so, so many beautiful. segments of like, sail here, pull this thing up. Get that, and then sail here. And there was no real gameplay so much as just a list of Sitting tasks. there sailing yeah. yeah, for hours. The yeah. um, Replaying it, the remastered version on the Wii U was much more playable mm, because yeah. they sped up your sailing and they gave you the ability to warp a little earlier. Yeah. Um, 
so because I'm kind of a my favorite thing about the Zeldaverse is if there is a Zeldaverse, my favorite thing about it is the story, is the mythology. I actually like Skyward Sword despite the gameplay issues because of the the information we got about the idea of this being a world after mm. a highly technological world has died. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I that love that idea. You have this fantasy mythology coming out of a high tech society. And the Master Sword is a piece of technology that's just gotten more and more broken yeah. over the centuries. Um, so, I mean, not that I'm saying that having the Spirit of the Sword <laughs> not talk to you is a bad thing in the other games, but it was interesting. Wait, the Spirit of the Sword connection. talks to you in that one? Oh, I did yes. not get very far in that I, game. I, I feel like oh, you're she coming does. at that mm. in an interesting way because I've never associated this as being a very story heavy thing. So, it's like a story heavy franchise. So, it's interesting to think of like that's what draws you into the game. Mm-hmm. To me, like, that's more of, like, I don't know, a Final Fantasy or Metal Gear thing sure. to be, like, into the story. Because I don't feel like any of these games really put the story that front and center. You're right. Um, and you kind of have to dig to sort of find the connections between the games. Oh, well, yeah, it's like you go back to the original uh, Legend of Zelda, and it's just like, there's this princess. Yeah. Do something. Go find her. And... You're they like, okay, tell there's, you that there's in the a game. No. There's a Triforce. No, actually, there's a Princess Go Saver is mm. uh, the second one. Yeah. Oh, right, right, right. And the first one is just like, well, find the Triforce. The screen which... opens and it's just, you're a guy standing there and you go into a cave and he's like, yeah. take this sword. And you're like, okay. Sure. And you're collecting the Triforce of Wisdom. They didn't even have a concept that there was going to be more of it. Mm. It was one Triforce. At that time. Just one triangle. I mean, I feel like Ocarina of Time is kind of a major lore bomb, and I, I got yeah. really, really into it. It's the when story they decided to lore. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. They started pulling it together a little bit. All right, let's go into the history of Zelda a little bit. And I, I pared myself down a lot because there's a <laughs> lot of history to Zelda, but I, I've got the important. And plus, we're still talking about Majora's Mask down the line. Yeah. So. Uh, so, Legend of Zelda debuted on February 26, 1986 in Japan. It came to U.S. a year later. Uh, like most great Nintendo properties, it was created by Shigeru Miyamoto. Uh, and I, I think of him kind of a lot like Miyazaki uh, in, in terms of, like, Japanese artists in the sense that he's been very influenced by, like, nature and exploration and themes of, like, childhood innocence and All stuff like that. All the things that Japanese people can't do because they have Tokyo. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But this was something he, uh, uh, Miyamoto grew up in the countryside, like, mm-hmm. outside of Kyoto, I believe, and he, um, he he loved exploring and collecting bugs and looking in caves and doing stuff like that. So he wanted this game to kind of simulate that childhood yeah. experience. So, And he also took some inspiration from, like, Indiana Jones and Peter Pan and kind of all these characters like that. Um, I don't get the Peter Pan thing. Where did that come in? I don't know. I think just the guy, the, the green guy. The, the green yeah. guy with the green yeah. tights. Yeah. yeah. No. Eternally youthful looking, even mm-hmm. if he's not youthful. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think it's there a little bit. Uh, and that's, that's I think, what they were able to accomplish with the first Zelda game. It, it really was unlike anything else at that time. Like, that was kind of a huge deal because it felt really huge and really complicated and really challenging but also anybody could pick it up and it would I mean, be fine i think that the first zelda game does that more than any other zelda game in the and sense- it dared to just drop you in yeah. and the, originally the yeah. cave where you get the sword was not even there yeah yeah the uh, they redid that they're like we should give them something yeah. some you kind just of context. wander around and try and figure out what the hell to do yeah. with this yeah. open world where you can walk anywhere you want and die yeah because so many of the later ones you know you would start sleeping and someone would wake you up and be like here's what you have to do go to this area yeah, yeah well like yeah. link to the past it's like one of my favorite jokes about link to the past is if you follow the instructions you're given at the beginning the game never starts because <laughs> your uncle says 
stay here and wait for me. That's oh. right. And then he never returns. That's funny. The bastard I, leaves you there to die. I stayed there for longer than I cared to wait. I'm like, <laughs> he's coming back, right? Um, yeah, so, I mean, it, it, it was such a huge, massive game. And the fact that, and like, And a gold this, cartridge. A gold cartridge? Like, how fucking bougie is that? It looks so was cool. That, you think that, was that the first non-gray cartridge? Well, it was, like, the know. eighth cartridge, so... Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty new. And, I mean, it looked different on the Famicom, of course, because it was on the disk system for the Famicom. So when it came over here, they actually had to add the battery backup save state to the cartridge. Oh. It was the first cartridge to do that. And that's kind of a bigger deal than people realize because that changed game development. That's like, all of a sudden, your goal isn't just to like play through these short levels mm. and gather points. Now you can tell these big, huge, expansive stories, save your progress, come back to you it can later. can make a game that takes more than, you know, less than, more than an hour to beat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's not about high scores anymore. It's just, it's about an experience. And I think game developers ran with it from there. Obviously, uh, this was a massive, massive success when it came out. It quickly established itself as Nintendo's other flagship series. Uh, it sold 6.5 million copies, which was enough to make it the fifth best-selling game on the NES. It spawned a series of animated shorts on the Super Mario Brothers Super Show with, of course, Link's famous catchphrase, Excuse me, princess, which was not stolen from Steve Martin. They've never even heard of Steve ten Martin. Grand. What are you talking give, about? Give him ten grand. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there was a, uh, did anybody eat the breakfast cereal? Do you remember? I had it once because one of my cousins got it. My mom would not buy us any kind of specialty cereals. Like little Triforces? Imagine like if Captain Crunch had a shiv and that's what the Zelda (laughs) cereal tasted like. Because Captain Crunch needs to be sharper and more prone to causing injury. Exactly. They just changed the name of the cereal to fuck your mouth. And (laughs) And the thing that drove me crazy about that cartoon was, I imagined a lot of personalities for Link. Sarcastic dick? Not yeah. one of them. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, why would they choose that personality for him? He was like, he kind of reminded me of the, the, the hero from Ferngully, of all things. <laughs> <laughs> Which came later, of course, but still. Like, now, that's do you mean Ferngully me or the later live-action Ferngully called Avatar? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's Dances with Fern Gullies. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I mean, to this day, a Zelda game being released is like an event. Yeah. Like, it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, Nintendo wisely started packaging it like day one. with two. Their two best-selling systems in recent years are the Wii and the Switch. And it's because they both launched with a Zelda game, you know? So Twilight Princess, I believe, is still the best-selling Zelda game of all time because the Wii was so huge. And, like, something like 80% of Wii owners had a copy of Twilight Princess, which is insane. And mm-hmm. Breath of the Wild is actually on its way to beating... It, technically, it sold more than Twilight Princess on the Wii, but if you count the GameCube re-release yeah. and then the Wii U re-release, Twilight Princess is still technically on top. But give it time. It's only been like fuck, two years? Yeah, one year? Two years, two years since Breath of the Wild came old. out. Yeah. So yeah, it's still a major event. Um, I got. Th- I, I reined myself in. You'll be very mm-hmm. happy. I have only have three little fun facts. Just right. three. That's, Just three. That is oh, impressive. the arm is moving. Being attacked, mi- attacked mi- by the microphone. The, the microphone is attempting it's to go down on one of us. I'm not sure who. <laughs> Here, we'll scoot you guys in just a little bit. Tell, tell us more, yeah. says the microphone. So, three little bits of trivia. Uh, the character of Zelda was named after Zelda Fitzgerald for no reason <laughs> other than <laughs> I think uh, Miyamoto liked Gatsby and he liked that name and, and wanted to keep it. Jumping off of that yeah. one. Uh, Robin Williams' daughter. Literally the exact thing he ever wrote. Yeah, exactly. Tell named me. after Zelda from Legend of Zelda, who's mm-hmm. named after Zelda Fitzgerald. Yeah, Robin Williams was a big, big fan of video games, and this one in particular. And um, he was lobbying for a long time to get a live-action Zelda movie made so that he could play Ganondorf. Ooh. He 
would have been so much fun in that part, actually. Like, he might have gone too campy with it, but huh. he could be scary, too. Like He could. I, I think that if he brought, like, his full-on Fisher King... I was going to say one-hour photo. <laughs> that works, too. <laughs> That'd be too creepy. And maybe. then maybe channel a little Jim Carrey from Cable Guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. So how oh, long did it take you guys playing the Zelda games to realize that the main character was not named Zelda? Because well, it took me at least... Five years. A little longer than I care to admit, yeah. yeah. Because, you know, like like I said, in, in the first game, you can name your own character. When that game, when I had that game, I was like five. So all of my games' names were like blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Whatever random numbers I could put together. I had poverty advantage, so I actually <laughs> read about the games before I had an opportunity ah. to play them because I didn't have a Nintendo. Yeah. We would, like, rent one at the video store sometimes. There was a time that video stores rented Nintendos. Mm-hmm. And you'd get the game, but the battery ones were, like, the hell ones because you're, like... I have to return this after the weekend. I can't finish mm. it. So we would just... I, I think I started... There was um, a Greek mythology game, Battle for Olympus. Battle for Olympus, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, on the original NES. And I started that game probably 50 times. Oh, I, I don't bet. know why I thought I'd get further. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that game was really hard from what I remember. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they were all really hard back then. But yeah, yeah. There's a whole subset of NES games that are just unbeatable and probably no one has ever beaten them. Well, they can't make them interesting, so they make them, them hard. I've, yeah. I've beaten, uh, I think the hardest game I've ever beaten is uh, Ninja Gaiden, original Ninja yeah, Gaiden on the NES. I've, I've mm-hmm. beaten that, and I've beaten all six original Mega Man games. Nice, um, yeah. But... That might be about yeah. Th- those might be the hardest ones. You know, those are those are beloved games because they were just hard enough that people could beat them. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. You could stick and you with felt it. satisfied. Yeah. You're like I st- I got really far to through ghouls and goblins. Oh like I got God. to the end, I beat the boss, and then you have to do it again backwards. So I'm like, no, ghosts and goblins for the NES is like I can't get past the second level of that. game. That game's nonsense. That game is it's nonsense. nonsense. That one's broken. Yeah. Uh, fun fact number two. The fishing minigame in this game was created by someone who was goofing off. Uh, <laughs> Kazuaki Morita, who was the, uh, he, he was in charge of designing the bosses for the game. He was uh, working on the boss for the water temple, and he got stuck, and he, he just kind of hit a wall, couldn't figure out how to make it work. So he started playing around with water physics, because uh, the boss of the water temple is like kind of an abyss-like water tentacle. Uh, okay. And so he started playing with the water physics, and then he's like, I'm bored, I'm going to make a fishing game. And so he was doing that, his bosses caught him, and rather than firing him, they're like, oh, this looks fun, let's put it in the game. <laughs> so they took him off bosses, put him on that, and so now it's he, like in the game. he went from being stuck on making a water temple boss to <laughs> making a fishing game that's basically impossible to beat. I, I don't think it's impossible to beat, is it? I don't know. I, I Maybe I just it. lack the necessary patience. I'm bad I at fishing just... in real life, I'm bad at fishing in Zelda. Yeah. I mean, we just played a fishing uh, episode, two fishing games uh, a couple episodes ago. I think we learned that we're... We're not terrible at fishing, I guess. Like, we did okay. We never caught a bass in two games hyping up their bass. But, yeah, we never caught a bass. I've literally never caught anything in my entire life. And I come from a fishing family. (laughs) Okay, I'll give that to you. I think you win on that one. Even Even on Zelda, I can't fish. Well, the last little fun fact I have here is that the, this game actually had to be censored to remove some gore. Uh, oh, when weird. when you beat Ganondorf at the end, uh, in this game he coughs up a little bit of green stuff. Okay. In the original game, he was coughing up blood, uh, and uh, Nintendo had a problem <laughs> with that. Apparently, they didn't have a problem with that when Wind Waker came out because that game ends. Spoiler alert: with Link stabbing Ganondorf between the right. eyes, and like in grisly detail, he stabs him in the face. Uh, so they didn't have a problem but with it later. But it's cute, so, uh, cel-shaded, cartoony it's cute, blood. It's cute violence. Yeah, yeah. It, that yeah. is odd. I mean, this game is pretty dark, and we'll get we'll it get is. into that more. So it's odd that they like, oh, no blood. Yeah. Like, <laughs> better to have him cough up 
Green stuff. Green, yeah. green stuff is more disturbing to me. The, the Resident Evil game for uh, N64 has that too, where you could switch the color of the blood to like green or blue. I don't see why that's less disturbing. Mm-hmm. It's still fluid coming out of your body. Uh, the other thing they changed on here was uh, they had some accidental religious iconography in this game. Uh, some of the sound clips that they were using uh, for the Fire Temple had like some Muslim chanting over it. Oh. And the original symbol for the Gerudo Valley kind of looked a little too similar to the Islamic star. And Nintendo has kind of a strict policy about not showing any religious iconography in it, yeah. so they went back and edited those out. All right, that, so, that, that I can get behind. Yeah, Thanks. yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, yeah. All right, let's actually talk about this game, because I've got so much more to say. <laughs> My God, I'm so happy. Uh, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, released November 23rd, 1998. A little over 20 years now. Published and developed by Nintendo. Uh, this was, of course, an N64 exclusive, but it was later re-released on the GameCube, on the 3DS, on the WiiWare, and on that weird Chinese handheld, the IQ player, which we've talked about a few times. Um, I've already forgotten. There's no reason to remember. It's just a portable N64 that only played like seven different games, okay. all the big ones. Uh, so this is the first 3D game in the Zelda series, and there was a lot, a lot, a lot of pressure to get this right. Um, this type of expansive, like, open-world adventure game hadn't really been attempted on this scale before, and, uh, you know, there, there was a lot of pressure on them. So, But they, they, they hit some snags during the development process. I mean, I process. feel like I had seen in the Nintendo Powers this game being previewed for years. Yeah, like, mm-hmm, probably quite a while. I saw screenshots of it, like, before the N64 was even out. Yeah, well, yeah, and I think Miyamoto is the... It's either Miyamoto or the president of uh, Nintendo, I can't remember which, said mm. that a a late game is late for a while, a bad game is bad forever. Exactly. Yeah. So, and That's they've always point. followed that with Zelda. It, mm-hmm. it delays and delays and delays and delays, and I rage and I sob, mm-hmm. and then I get over it because I have a good game. And they always deliver. They always deliver. You know, so they're, they're the Pixar, you know, they've got that kind of thing going for them. Uh, a lot of the reason this got held up is because in the early development, this was going to be the game that launched alongside the 64DD. Uh, mm. Caleb, have you heard of that one? No. Yeah, there's no reason for you to have. It never came here. So the 64DD was like a additional disk drive that you clipped onto the bottom of your It was N64. the Sega Genesis of the... Kind of. Yeah, it was like the Franken console kind of idea of that, like See, popping them all we, together. We, there, we did a bo- for listeners, we did a bonus episode of uh, games that didn't get released for the mm-hmm. N64 where we talk about it more in depth. Yeah, uh, yeah. So definitely look that up. But uh, So this one was going to be the game that really showed what that peripheral could do. Um, so it, it was scheduled for a, uh, holiday 97 release, but the 64 DD bombed like spectacularly Mm -hmm. in Japan. And so, uh, Nintendo decided to just cancel the U S release completely. And this left a lot of games in limbo. Uh, some of them were canceled outright. Some of them were retooled and released later. Zelda, there's no way they were going to sit on Zelda or just let it languish. Uh, Nintendo was actually kind of hard up for a first party, hit game yeah. you know well, they had a big dry spell there was <laughs> i mean they launched with mario of course and that's and the biggest Ma- game on the system mario kart is huge yeah mm-hmm. but it, it had been a little bit turok i mean there's this set of games yeah. and then i feel like goldeneye yeah. is sort of the last like huge game they have well that's point. the thing they were they were kind of outsourcing all of their big releases oh, yeah, to that's rare a first party You're like right. the last big game that they, the, the game that they pushed in place of ocarina of time in this holiday 97 season was diddy kong racing which of course was a huge huge hit but like it, have it was a rare game yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <clears throat> so yeah so they they really needed to get this right and they needed to figure out a way to get this massive game onto one cartridge 
So a lot of the ways that they did that was that they had pre-rendered cutscenes, kind of like a Final Fantasy game, and they got rid of those and used like in-engine graphics for the cutscenes, which I think was a great call. First of all, it saved a lot of space. Mm-hmm. Second of all, it's more. I always found that distracting. You know, like when when your character models. Yeah, in now Final it's Fantasy, fine because yeah. they can make it seamless. Then yeah. it's like. Why can't I play that? <laughs> right. You're watching. It's like, wow, this big stunning thing. Look at Cloud and his sword blade and his hair moving. And then you cut to the game. It's like, are these Duplo? <laughs> yeah. Do not talk to me about Final Fantasy VII. Anyway. <laughs> I get Lindsay in here for you guys to fight. <laughs> uh, yeah. So they had to cram this whole game into this cartridge. And uh, so they also let... They, they split responsibilities. Like, Miyamoto kind of designated everybody. So instead of the whole team working on different things, it's like, all right, you, you're on bosses. You, you're on making items look good in 3D. You, you're on dungeon design, stuff like that. And then he was responsible he for pulling agile. it all together at the end. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and, I mean, to this day, like, I, I, I don't really want to go through and prove this, but I feel like this is the heaviest cartridge <laughs> on the N64. Like, physically like has physically, the most weight. Yes, physically yeah. I think it's heavier than any other cartridge. I don't want to go down and lift them all up, but I feel like that's uh, an accurate statement. Maybe Majora's Mask well, is heavier. I don't know. In America today, mm-hmm. you're a white man. Your feelings are all that matter. So it cool. Is, it is, well, maybe it's because it you have that gold holographic cartridge. So yeah, that, it's that true. That hologram is a little heavier. Yeah, that paint on there. Actually, yeah. there's no hologram on this one. That's just Majora's Mask. Has oh, hologram. okay. This one's just God, get off the Is it the hologram of the moon coming in? <laughs> it's uh, no. It's just um, the, it's, it's like a lenticular. Sword. It's it's lenticular of the uh, cover art. I don't know, faux 3D kind of thing. Anyway, ultimately, all of their efforts and all of their cramming and all of their hard work paid off. Uh, this game hit like a bomb. Like, it, it, it was just, it, it was the biggest thing in the world for like the rest of the year. Like a bomb chew. Like, here's the thing. In this same year. <laughs> well done. <laughs> this same year, we also got Metal Gear Solid. We also got Half-Life. We got StarCraft. We got some of the biggest games of all time coming out this year. And this one kind of stole a lot of the thunder. And it was the big holiday game. This went on to be Wait, the... did this come out in 97 or 98? 98. 98. 98. Okay. Yeah. So this went on to be the fourth highest grossing game on the N64. 7.6 million copies sold. Reviews were ecstatic right out the gate. A lot of people calling it the greatest game ever made, like from day one, which is a pretty huge thing. But uh, people have people have doubled down on that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's still holding up. Um, and then there were a there was a standard and a special edition cartridge. Uh, the special edition was the gold one that you got for pre-ordering, and then the standard edition is just a gray one. And so there have, is no difference other I than the paint. I have a story about this. Yes. Um, I for Christmas received the gold car, probably Christmas, you know, ninety-eight. Mm-hmm. Um, received the gold cartridge. Was quite excited, as you can imagine. Um, went down and played it. Got frustrated during the. Um, during the first Deku Tree level, okay, uh, you know, went to bed, did all that. When I woke up in the morning, my cartridge was gone. What? Um, I think I, I'm not pointing any fingers. I don't know, but I think that my brother, who was is much older than me, had some friends over, and one of them swiped my Christmas oh, present shit. of Gold Ocarina of Time. Um, and so my parents nicely bought me a new cartridge, but it was no longer the gold one. Oh man, um, it's brutal. Yeah. Well, that's uh, I'm not a violent person, but that might that, that might lead me to violence. You'll you'll see later. There's kind of a weird theme about this game destroying Christmases for people, but. Um... 
Yeah, that sucks. I, luckily, you didn't miss out on anything. There's there was kind of a long rumor that the gold cartridge had some hidden levels that the gray ones didn't. Uh, no, that's not true. Literally, a paint job is all that's different. And the gold cartridge is not even actually. I think I have a gold cartridge now. It's not even particularly more rare. The gray one is rarer. Rare. Yeah, the gray yeah. one is harder to find. Yeah, weirdly. Well, because people held on to the gold ones. Exactly. Yeah, because it looked point. like and a the gray ones yeah. all died. That's the thing. I have boxed copies of both Majora and Ocarina of Time special editions downstairs, and they were like cheaper than the actual gray cards. So. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the only changes. All right, the story of Ocarina of Time. Uh complicated <laughs> and a lot. Like we said, this one's kind of a lore bomb. Like they're mm-hmm. really it's, the story is not very well paced. They definitely like drop a bunch of info on Oh, by the, the way, goddesses. Yeah. <laughs> then nothing, nothing, nothing. Oh, by the way, sages. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you uh we were being reminded of an era when you couldn't skip cutscenes. Uh, oh, yes. And there's kind of long, slow text, you know, uh, spoiler, when the Deku tree dies, you like, the text is going like his death rattle. Spoiler Something more than 20 years old, they don't have an excuse. <laughs> hey, you never know. You never so know. So I was listening to this podcast. Hey, this Ocarina of Time game, I think I'll finally give it a try. You guys oh, are... you're spoiling it for me. You guys are going to feel so bad when the last Iranian hostage comes home, <laughs> finally gets to play this, you know. The alleged Iranian hostage <laughs> oh yeah that's right argo i don't know <laughs> I, I forgot what that movie was about i assume it's about faking things anyway so yeah every uh, movie is about faking things steve well that's a good point actually yeah oh except documentaries no every movie is faking things i would argue with you on that oh i think okay. even documentaries are about faking things. Oh, it's all about manipulation it's about faking yeah. the truth yeah it's true or truthing the fake. I'm not truthing sure which. Fake. Anyway, new podcast name: Truthing the Fake. We're gonna be like a, a politics podcast. Every morning we come together and we talk about all the things we don't know, and that will fill a couple hours every day. Well, it'll be fun. <laughs> Literally, the things we don't know could fill an office. It's true, and uh, we are in an office. Uh, so, all right. Basic story of this: You are Link. You are a young boy wearing a green tunic. But you are a young boy wearing a green tunic of any name. Of any name, you can yeah. choose a name. The generic Nintendo name is Link, but you can name it whatever you want. And we were discussing the reasons for that. Like, I, I think it's just to make it more immersive, right? Yes, and it also helped with your save games because yeah. it just gave them the easy la- label for the three saves that you could do on the original disc. Mm-hmm. And if I remember right, if you actually named your character Zelda on the original game, it scrambled the levels. Really? Yeah, there oh, was a second oh, oh, in the, in the in first game. In the original, very, very the original first game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah, so totally, part of totally. it was the ability for them to create that. They created Easter eggs like very early on Yeah, uh, with that. But I always just name my character Link. because yeah, I, I always do too. Like, like Except for this one that I saved it as Steve, all caps. Although there is but... like a whole running joke of... Like things you can name your character in Ocarina of Time. Like My Vagina or something. Or Dad Ass. Yeah. (laughs) And one person, and this is like the longest possible joke, named their character Naburu. So that when encountering Naburu, the Sage of Spirit, they say, Naburu, that's an odd name. I am Naburu. (laughs) I like that. It's kind of it's kind of like an Andy Kaufman pick. Yeah. Like. It's like you you literally gave your character a name so that three and a half hours and ninety eight percent of the way through gameplay, you can laugh at this joke. I I think that's worth it. I think that's absolutely worth it. It's you probably know, a pre Twitter era too. So like, oh yeah, being that. able to name your own character also sort of tracks with the idea of every Zelda game. Every Link is a different person, right? And right. So it doesn't really matter what the person's name. Majora's is. Majora's Mask, the hero would stand Right. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And we'll get to that when we talk about Majora's Mask. So uh, this game, yeah, like I said, focuses on Link. He's a young boy living in Kokiri Village, which is a, uh, a woodland village. 
village. Uh, he thinks he is a Kokiri. Uh, one morning, he has a disturbing dream about an evil man conquering the kingdom, and then he wakes up to find a fairy hovering over his face. We were talking about how this whole game is a metaphor for puberty, and I think that's <laughs> accurate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because immediately after you, the fairy wakes you up, mm-hmm. and you leave the house, and then this cute girl Saria comes uh-huh. and talks to you and, and you're like, all awkward about it yeah, yeah. And and she's like, like oh, oh you've finally gotten a, you're a fairy of your own we're all so happy for you it's like what I didn't just have a dream about a very tall man and wake <laughs> up a fairy what <laughs> what are you talking about what <laughs> uh, so yeah they um yeah, he he wakes up, he finds a fairy who tells him that he has to come to talk to the great Deku tree, who's like the guardian spirit of the forest. You go talk to the Deku tree, you play around in his body for a little while. As you do. <laughs> you, you, cut, you rip his heart <laughs> out. And again, with the coming of age story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. He, 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 he a, opens, he says, you have to clear this curse within me. Yeah. And then you go kill this... Th- evil looking spider thing inside of him mm. and he says you were successful on your quest but alas i was doomed from the start and you're like well thanks thanks for wasting my time yeah, thank, <laughs> thank you for now i know what your innards look like and thank you so and if the link from the cartoon were there even like <laughs> well fuck you deku tree excuse me puts on his sunglasses and skateboards away <laughs> fuck you guys um yeah so you get told that this is your great destiny uh you have to go talk to princess zelda but in he Hyrule gives you bling King. He gives you bling. He gives you like this big green apple-sized the jewel. The Kokiri uh, emerald. Mm-hmm. Roughly um, the size of a child's head. Exactly. <laughs> That's how a jeweler's like charged. <laughs> it's like, how many child's heads is this jewel? Hyrule uh, doesn't work in carrots. <laughs> yeah, I know. They work in child's heads. <laughs> uh, all right. So you have to go see Princess Zelda at the castle. Uh, she finally tells you that like uh, Ganondorf is this guy that I've been seeing in my vision and that we need to gather these stones so we can stop him. You go, you gather the stones, and then you come back to the palace, and Princess Zelda is fleeing because Ganondorf is taking over the castle. And uh, in one last move, she throws a ocarina to you. I didn't know what an ocarina was before no, this game. me neither. It's a potato-shaped like flute. This game did a million percent of publicity oh, for the ocarina. Oh, my God. The ocarina was, industry was yeah. built on this game. <laughs> well, and or ancient Greece. Yes. Um, I, I'm a D&D nerd. I started playing Dungeons & Dragons when I was 10 years old. Okay. Bard has always been, despite all of its horrible incarnations, one of my favorite classes. So I've long known what an ocarina was. So I playing have, it, I'm like, oh, wow. See, ocarina's getting some love. I have never seen an ocarina sold. I mean, I have seen ocarina sold and marketed, but hmm. only... In context with this Zelda. game. With yeah, this yeah, yeah. Game. <laughs> I think I, I didn't even know how to pronounce it when yeah. I first got this game. I thought it was an ocarina or something like that, or like an ocarina. Well, I, I or, think I don't know. ocarina or ocarina are both perfectly acceptable. Sure. The other things you said are not. Oh, no, no, no. No, yeah. I just didn't know how to say it's it. Unfo- I mean, when you break it down, it's kind of a bad name for a game. Like, it's a weird, it's kind of jarring. Yeah. Like, you think they would start with something like a little more universal i don't know harp of ages or something like that yeah yeah pan flute of ages uh, sitar of ages i don't know something like that flutes of time i don't know it just sounds more natural (laughs) zither of destiny yeah yeah since uh (laughs) zither of destiny that is an awesome game name yeah yeah, so i think they needed something to create continue creating the excuse for link to never say or sing anything true yeah Yeah, because he is your classic silent hero well and actually he does have an ocarina in link to the past yeah you do get it and it's called down this chicken that flies you around exactly yeah 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 i always thought of it more of as, as a seagull but a chicken works chicken seagull uh, yeah. and there well, are not chickens in hyrule it's, it's a cuckoo this, oh, oh that's right it has yeah. the same sprite as the, the most terrifying creatures in hyrule they are relentless they will peck you to death if you fuck with them 
anyway, so Princess Zelda throws you the ocarina, uh, and you go into the Temple of Time, find the Master Sword, and when you pull it out of the pedestal, you are suddenly seven years in the future. Link has aged. He is now a teenager. Oh, but like you that. skipped a very important plot point. Oh, which part did I do? And that is that all of this stuff that you and Zelda planned to do were just playing it again in Dora's hands mm-hmm. because he was waiting for you to unlock the to use the gems to unlock the Temple of Time so he could go in and grab the Triforce. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, that's a very important. I felt his plot point. hand on my back. Yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. now he's like the super powerful sorcerer, and the kingdom is now in disarray. Except. As you don't learn initially, but you do learn from Raru immediately after it, mm-hmm. the Triforce has a defense mechanism. Yeah, the Seven Sages. Uh, which it's got a is, regular so... McAfee antivirus. There. <laughs> so you have to go and find all these different parts of the antivirus. They're all they're they're individual people in the world who are mystical sages and for the most part they don't actually know that they're mystical sages they need to be awakened you have to awaken them to it so uh, a bunch of jason Bourne. exactly (laughs) they wake up they don't know who they are but they know they have to stand in a white field for eternity and just stare at six other people (laughs) i always thought i'm like shit do they not have like a game room or something in the nether dimension like well in all fairness we're only ever seeing it from link's perspective and they're like gathered it's like avengers assemble oh yeah during the rest of it they're probably off playing parcheesi I always thought about that. Like the guy at the end of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, the knight who's been guarding the grail for hundreds of years. Like, he must have just been a pioneer of masturbation. (laughs) Oh, God. He just spends hundreds of years just inventing new ways. He heard them coming and put his chainmail back on. (laughs) Because you know he was not wearing it the rest of the time. Oh, no, no. Why would he? (laughs) But actually, the defense mechanism I was talking about was that if somebody of unpure heart touches the Triforce, it shatters. Oh, right. They only get the part that's most closely aligned with their mm. heart. Oh, that's, which right, is, that's so right. So he ended up with the Triforce of Power. The Triforce of Courage went to Link, and the Triforce of Wisdom went to Zelda. Mm. And that actually continues through the rest of the Zelda mythology yeah. of those three alignments happening again and again and again through time. But see, this this isn't the first time we saw the three-chunk Triforce, right? Because that was in Link to the Past, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah, but... yeah and the shape of the Triforce that you put together... In Legend of Zelda, is pretty similar to the final shape that we get, but that mm-hmm. was technically just the Triforce of Wisdom. Right, right, right. That's right. Okay. So, yeah, basically your quest for the rest of the game is to find all these guys and uh, stop Ganondorf, um, which is a truncated version of the story, uh, <laughs> guys, believe it or not. It's 50-50. Half girls, half guys. In terms yeah. Of the oh, that's I true. mean, assuming that's we can count Gorons as male or female. There's got to be male they and say female brother. Gorons. They, yeah, they're fairly... How do uh, they make new Gorons? We... <laughs> I don't think anybody knows about Would he visit the biology my Tumblr of something page that <laughs> they only ever refer to each other as brother. Yeah, and they eat rocks. So yeah. I'm not going to ascribe the whole mm. penis vagina thing to them. Okay, okay. I kind of always read like a Samoan vibe, like or like a Pacific Islander vibe. That, off that the whole field. Like yes. I, I feel like Maybe they're they meant they to kind groom, of be groom rocks into new Gorons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like that's the cultural thing they're pulling from with yeah. them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there, like I said, there's also a lot of lore added to this. This is the first time we learn about the three goddesses: mm-hmm. uh, Nehru, Feror, and Din, who uh, created the world. Uh, this is the first time we see uh, a lot of different characters, a lot of di- the different races of mm-hmm. Hyrule. Like, so we meet the Gorons, the Zora, the Gerudo, the Kokiri. All of those are first times in this game. So, as a total aside, I have been entertained all night because I've always said it Gerudo, like Gerudo. the Indian eagle. The, so oh. uh, there's uh, uh, each of the main Indian deities from India, not uh-huh. North America, has like a mount. And Vishnu, I believe, 
Sorry, listeners, if I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not a master of Hindu mythology. Uh, I believe it is... needs to cut out religious iconography. <laughs> I believe Vishnu has an eagle named Gerudo. Okay. That is his mount. And it's Gerudo, but it's spelled exactly the same way. Oh, see, but... I didn't know that at all. I was basing it off of a Gerard McSorley, the guy who played uh, my uh, major dad. And uh, I'm you're that. just aligning <laughs> with Robert at work that it's GIF, not GIF. Yeah. Which is clearly wrong. So... Just by oh, what I the say GIF. Says. No, I say GIF. I know. No, no, I'm. Oh, whoa, wait, Robert's a GIF. Oh, he's man. a GIF guy. Oh, yeah, through and through. Yeah, no. He, yeah. he like he he eggs me on about it. Because <laughs> I'm like, you realize like I'm your boss's boss, right? I mean, I was doing that with you with the serial commas for a while, but I've come around. I fully embrace well, the serial commas. He, yeah, yeah, your journalism yeah. background. I am, yeah. I am very pro serial commas. Oh, and I he, am now too. And yeah. he's from a journalism background where they believe they that um, confusion is the most important <laughs> thing you can do. Well, we were part of the big media conglomerate mm-hmm. trying to, you know... Yeah, up in Blaine. Yeah, up in Blaine. So, yeah, uh, and we also get to meet Ganondorf for the first time. This is the first time we see him in his human Free form. Free transformation. We have met Ganon before. Uh, he's been the pig big man. boss of the series forever, but he's always looked like a pig man. Uh, and this is... We see him before he turns into a giant pig man. And you think that if you had one-third of all the cosmic power of the universe, mm-hmm. you have the embodiment of Din's power. Yeah. You would choose something other than a pig. Why a pig? Yeah. I mean, maybe he I, I didn't understand. choose. Maybe that was just his that's, soul coming out. Yeah. It could be. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the implication. It could be. Um, yeah. And then we get a couple of other cool characters. Uh, uh, Sheik, who has a mysterious secret that she's Zelda. Whoops. Wait, 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 um, oh, no. Well, yeah. <laughs> as, uh, a, as anybody who's ever played Hyrule Warriors or, uh, Smash, or Smash Brothers. Smash Brothers. Yeah, yeah. You know that by now. It's like, wait, why does Zelda turn into Sheik? Oh. And we always... also, this is the first time you get to ride a horse, too. Epona <laughs> comes back in a couple of games, too. But it yeah. always kind of annoyed me how. Um, you know, fast and competent, they made Sheik, mm-hmm. whereas Zelda always came off like such a damsel in distress. And you're like, well, if she has this agility and ability mm-hmm. to do all this, why doesn't she just do So that? she doesn't blow her cover. It's yeah. just like how Clark Kent has to be a bumbling yeah. fool. Hey, okay, all right. And also, have you tried doing parkour in like a ball gown? <laughs> like, yeah, it's hard. It's harder than... Uh... Uh, well, I haven't tried doing parkour, but I imagine it would be harder in a ball gown. I imagine it would, yeah. Somebody, our parkour audience out there, go do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so yeah, despite the shift in perspective uh, and, and the shift to 3D, we still have the same Zelda that we've always known and loved. It's all about open world exploration and monsters and, and lots and lots of dungeon puzzles. Puzzle dungeons, which I love. And they really are able to expand that 3D to make all kinds of different kinds of puzzles. Mm-hmm. Like Link to the Past really leans heavy into some box pushing and into some basic, you hit a switch one way, mm. place to activate a switch somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, um, this just does a lot more in all kinds of really creative ways. Yeah, so. yeah, and and you you made a point that the box pushing does get tedious, which I you know I think everyone will agree. Well, with, and part but... of it is because in Link to the Past, a box push took a second. Yeah, yeah. In Ocarina of Time, a box push can roughly take a lunch hour. It's so... gurf, gurf, gurf. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It takes a little bit. Uh, so yeah, we get a whole bunch of new uh, items. You know, if you've never played a Zelda game before, obviously it's like you're. It's all about. Finding items to progress to the next stage. So pause. If you've never played a Zelda game, yeah, what are you pause doing? this podcast. Yeah. Go play Zelda games and come back and listen because there's no reason you should be listening. We will <laughs> see you in a couple years. Yeah, come on back. Play all of them. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, you get some cool weapons of this. Of course, the Master Sword is the iconic and the Hyrule Shield is iconic. But you get a slingshot, you get a boomerang, you get a bow and arrow, you get bombs and then bomb chews. Uh, you get Which some... are like little ma- little mice that Are they supposed to look like Pikachus or no? 
I don't know. What do you it write? is hard Why to imagine else? that the name Bomb Chu yeah. was not inspired. I, I almost wonder, and I'm just wondering if like because the, the Chu, name Chu, like oh, are you thinking that the name Chu might be like a Japanese translation? Like I think of it means mouse? like mouse, because because Pikachu's a mouse. Yeah. Right? Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll so well, you guys just keep talking. Right. Yeah, you, you get on that. I'm curious about it. You've been promoted yeah. to research assistant. <laughs> Um, man, there's just so, so, so much to do in this game. Uh, we were, we were talking about this earlier, like, uh, with, with modern games, like modern open world kind of games, you have the illusion of like a lot of different activities, but generally it's breaking down the same, like three or four activities over and over again. Zelda or Ocarina of Time really feels like a whole bunch of different games just coming together. This is a game that is probably bigger than any other game on the system in terms of like scope Mm -hmm. and just the quantity of stuff that you can do and it's a game that's not only bigger in size but like attention is paid through the whole game to make everything in depth and detail it's not like the last few temples are just throwaway repeats of what you've done in the first ones oh no 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 it's like they're much more as in depth as anything in the game yeah you do have our chew answer I do. Okay. And I, I'm probably going to blow all Pokemoners' minds as a result okay. of what I'm oh, about to say. Except people have already looked this up. Okay. So, Chu means kiss. Really? Okay. And Pika is actually an onomatopoeia for sparkle. Sparkle. Oh. So Pikachu means sparkle kiss, which is that very makes nice. sense actually because that that weird uh, game I have that tulip it's it's a uh, it's a kissing simulator uh, from Japan yeah. so that makes sense now Ju- yeah. interesting so oh, it's man. really a little mouse bum kiss a little okay <laughs> so I'm I mean, all about it I I'm guess by that it. explanation the word chew doesn't have anything to do with a mouse so bomb chew is probably a reference to Pikachu yeah yeah. I think so. Okay, so it's a kiss. It's a bomb kiss. It's a kiss bomb. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. I learned a lot today. I'm also reevaluating Detective Pikachu. <laughs> uh, thinking that might be a, a, a little more uh, risque than I thought. But yeah, so there are like tons of mini games in this. Like you can uh, uh, hunt Skulltulas throughout the whole game. There's a there's this long but ongoing. But you cannot like, lock in on them. <laughs> you cannot lock in on the gold ones. Yeah, there's this long ongoing mini game throughout the whole game it's like a trading game where you eventually trade enough stuff that you get the big goron sword which is the strongest sword in the game uh and that involves like running from one end of the map to the other in like less than five minutes hard to do but i got it down to a science after playing this game like yeah that's one we have to go from gerudo valley up to the goron city Mm -hmm. or like hylia yeah to goron city otherwise the the medicine is going to go bad yeah but if you try and use the warps that they give you it's like oh the medicine's gone bad it's like screw you i teleported (laughs) yeah yeah but you don't know how long you're gone maybe you're going into like some nether dimension where like time doesn't work the way it works here so like i don't know or or it's like the planet on interstellar (laughs) i feel like you're playing fast and loose (laughs) like the idea of time comes up in this game at all yeah that's true yeah they don't really uh yeah not so much i mean you do throughout the whole thing play as both a seven-year-old and a 17 year old yeah i think it's a 10 year old and 17 year old it's called the ocarina of nothing yeah Mm. yeah if you remember the title of the game 17 again again exactly uh okay we also mentioned that this game is scary as fuck and this might be one of the scarier games on the system like going down the well yeah and some of the shadow temple stuff honestly freaked me out the forest temple freaks me out yeah so like i'm I'm a general like wuss in video games i don't i don't gravitate towards scary games my my question about this game preach i'm the same way I play them all the time. Is this game supposed to be scary? Like, I, yeah. I feel like a lot of the elements of this game that are scary are due to just sort of weird design. 
Like a lot of times, the character designs, the way like people's expressions never change. <laughs> okay. The way that they look at you, I think they really leaned into it in Majora's Mask with the happy mask sales. And I mean, there's the a lot of people is... are like full on clown face. It's yeah. just like, why am I looking at Pennywise right now? Like, oh yeah. The, the, when you go to the town, Hyrule as um, Hyrule Castle as a little kid, and there's just two guys there that are just kind of dancing, always dancing, and yeah, smiling yeah, yeah. the whole time, and you talk to them, and you're like. These guys are kind of creepy. Like, and it's like, like two seconds, you're like, okay, that's normal. Yeah. Then five minutes, you're like, this is stopping normal. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Happy Mask Guy is in this game, too. Yeah. He's got that yeah. weird rictus or the, of or smile. Or the Song yeah. of Storms guy with yeah, the little monkey yeah. box. And there's just kind of, yeah, there's just a Some very of weird Oh, yeah, he has the squint eyes and the big smile. And yeah, you've got that, I, the Happy Mask song that's always going through. Right. He and Link are the two main connectors of... He's he's a weirdly games. important character. Um, I think he's mask. I think he's kind of like a Tom Bombadil character. Like he's he's like crazy powerful, but he just prefers to observe. He has actually wandered over into a different D and D world. Oh really? I, I've run so awesome. He, how about Tingle? Has Tingle made any uh, hands? I have a not. lot of opinions on Tingle. <laughs> and then there's there's these Skulltolas, which we mentioned, which are yeah. giant. Spiders with human the, faces, with, but the skulls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. their carapaces. Some of them are shape. huge, like twice oh, yeah. the size of ba- of little kid Link. Oh yeah, and that is like a very scary concept. And they make this loud shuffling noise, which is helpful so you know where they are, but right. also pretty creepy. Mm-hmm. And then when you shoot them and knock them down, they make like a loud horse neigh. Right, and I'm like, what is this creature? <laughs> it's yeah. I, I think you you hit the nail on the head with the forest temple. Like there yeah. was something. There's definitely creepy. a point in this game where they clearly are leaning into being very creepy. Yeah, yeah. And the forest temple is that, and the spirit, or the, especially yeah, the adult the, link parts. Yeah, yeah. Those are very creepy. Yeah. And um, but I feel like the game is almost pretty creepy. And like right from the start, you know, we played through the D, the intro and the Deku Tree level, uh-huh. and like the Deku Tree level, it's not like fun and happy. Like it's oh, pretty no. dour no. right from. And the you're start. killing a lot of spiders right away. Yeah, yeah like this, and this it's tree just is kind infested. of got this yeah. light ambient music the whole time. Um, it's just not. It's I think it's, it's the, not like an inviting aesthetic. I think well, that it matches. Maybe it's like the, the whole echo game. effects too. The yeah. echoing everywhere sounds cavernous and kind of scary. And yeah. the idea, like with the Forest Temple, your first real foray out as Adult Link, you are taking this thing that you, this idyllic concept, and it's like torturous and twisted. And that's the one where you get the twisty levels. Yeah. Also, your whole perspective of you're you're really identifying that like you have stepped out of normal space and time. Because of the curses that uh, Ganondorf has placed on all of these temples. Yeah. And I don't think that the horror elements are uh, are in any way unintentional. I don't think they're accidental. I think yeah. the fact that the townsfolk in Hyrule Castle are horrific is a side effect of limitations of graphics and the sure. fact that they can only have them do so many things. Yeah. And it gets creepy if you stare at them. Yeah. Um, so it's safest if you just don't stare at them. Yeah. But like but the, the that's wall master of life in, the in general. Zone. I mean, uh, I read that when they were developing this game, one of their big influences was actually Twin Peaks. Okay. And I think you can really yeah. see that in the Forest Temple. It feels like this world that's kind of been retaken by nature. Mm-hmm. It feels haunted. You don't really know what to expect. And the fact that the rooms can twist and change is really unsettling for some reason. And it, like, it can be a frustrating combination, at least for me. So generally, like, I'm a person who gets impatient quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I spend a lot of time wandering through the, the same rooms and trying to figure out a puzzle... Um, I can get frustrated and when it's sort of this dark environment and there's ghosts coming in and out, I get both frustrated and sort of anxious about sure. it and I just have to stop playing. Yeah. I had to stop playing the shadows, 
the shadow temple in, in this game because I'm like, this is just too much. Because you can't like, know can't, where to step. And yeah. I can't yeah. handle this music in the game. Yeah. Um, it really and, succeeds at uh, creating an atmosphere. And really yeah, which, which is it, weird. It amps the tension really and effectively. It just caught yeah. me by surprise because I'm like, oh, I never thought of Zelda in this way because, like, you know, Link to the Past certainly has, like, a dark world and some dark elements, but it's not a creepy game. No, it's not. They intentionally... I mean, the fact that you turn into a rabbit yeah. when you go into the dark world... They they did not want to double down on the idea of the darkness of the dark world. Right. They wanted yeah. to keep it very PG, accessible to the youngins. Yeah. They and did not want Japanese schoolboys running home to their mom saying, this game scared me. And this game, yeah, Ocarina of Time definitely does. Like, as soon as you go into the future and mm-hmm. leave this temple... Everything is decrepit. It's fucked. And the town like, is like in ruins and it's covered with zombies now. This game has the scariest scream at you that frees oh. you. Yeah. If the, you if you get no, too no, close, no. Left will... for Dead still has the scariest zombies. Oh yeah. But this these are a close second. Yeah, you, you get close to these and they let out a horrifying scream that freezes you in place and then it jumps on you, wraps like itself fat. around like you like a bat. Style. And then they just like choose on you for a little bit. Yeah, and, you can't uh, do anything. No. no, there's nothing you can do. Like, I remember one level at the bottom of a well, there's, like, all these, like, pale white long arms sticking out of the ground. Yep. When you chop all those down, this white albino mass of what used to be a human comes out of the ground and tries to kill you. It's fucked up. Yeah. But I also think it's a great choice because, like, if you're trying to capture the sense of of, of adventure and exploring and things like that, it's not all going to be sunny and fun. No. Like, you're going to encounter I, some I guess scary I wanted, dangerous shit. I, this, is my, this is a personal criticism of yeah. the game, mm-hmm. and I'm... I, I do agree that the game is very well done in the atmosphere, but I want more. I wanted more sunny, fun stuff. Sure. To me, there's just a lot of stuff feels a little drab. Like the Deku tree just feels green and brown, and then you go into this cavern, which just feels red and brown. Um, and I like. I really like the Gerudo Valley. Um, I feel like now I'm very self-conscious about pronouncing it. And like pronounce I'm, it I'm locked in on Gerudo. I'm just going to uh, keep saying it like that. And like to me, like that's a much more fun, sunny environment. Or like Lake Hylia, and I wish that they had been a few more temples that kind of had that aesthetic. Yeah. Of yeah. And brighter I and would, more open. Like I really like the last spirit temple. Mm. Um, yeah, because of all the lights. Yeah, exactly. You, you got, they almost even captured like light on stone as well as you can in 64 bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There are definitely times that like... I think Ocarina of Time is on the list of games that's like, what would this look like on the Switch? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It would be absolutely. a very easy game to remake. Yeah. I mean, they so did a... The gameplay is very clean they did and not dated. a 3D port on the 3DS that's great. It's excellent. They mix up some of the graphics yeah. and everything like that. It's, but it's fantastic. I think also, and on the lore level, Ocarina of Time is critically significant for a couple of reasons because it Ocarina of Time when you're 17 it is supposed to be dark Mm -hmm. because that is the world where ganon has won Uh, right right and that all that idea creates why in the official history which i have issues with there are three timelines because there's the ganon wins ganon is defeated and the hero disappears Mm -hmm. are like your three paths I mean, we can talk about it because this this is actually the game where the timeline gets fucked up. It was fine until this game. And then with all of its time travel shenanigans, things kind of went awry. Like, yeah, like you said, if you win in this game, it goes off in one direction. If if you uh, well, if you win in this game, it goes off in two directions. Like you go as child link or you go as adult link. And then if you lose, it's a whole other way that eventually leads to the original Zelda. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this one, when it splits off, if adult link, if, if you win, then Adult Link never has to come around, so the world just progresses as it does, and that leads to Wind Waker. If uh, 
the yeah, if you win, Child Link goes off and ha- immediately has his Majora's Mask as his adventure. Like he's the the events of Majora's Mask take place on his way home from this game. <laughs> Uh, so it's literally right after. Which makes sense, because he encounters a Skull Kid in the Lost Wood on his way home. Yeah. And he's like, well, I'm not tired or anything like <laughs> yeah, that. I yeah. guess I'll follow this guy. Sure, yeah, nothing. And yeah. then again, the happy mask salesman is like, oh, yes, come into my other world. Yeah. Oh, God. The, oh, that game. It's oh. weird that they had any intent to make an official timeline for this. I feel like you should just go, like, DC Comics style and be like, this takes place on Hyrule 313. Right. And this is on... Except the thing is, I think DC is a cop-out to allow them to have 10,000 writers. Yeah, that's true. Well, to, that's I true. mean, yeah, but all the Zelda games have different writers, right? Yeah, like, that's true. But, yeah. there, but there are fewer of them to rein in. That's yeah. true. I don't know. I, I think... The timeline's going to vary wildly just depending on who you ask. And there's some stuff, like, I don't know, like, do the CDI games count? Like, do the does a TV show count? Like, does any of – what what counts and They're what doesn't? They're not an official Nintendo product. Hyrule Warriors, the, does that count? I, I'm, like, count. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that the cartoon doesn't cannot count. ever be counted. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, so I would say, and you guys can argue with me on this, I would say the single biggest innovation that this game has going for it is Z-targeting. Okay. I think that's the. I think that was a huge deal in, in a way that we don't even really think about. This game has no, like, cam- up until this point, you were always using the C buttons to control your camera. Exactly. And this game has no direct camera control, really, no. except for Z-targeting, which sort of snaps it right behind your exactly. character. And it allows you to lock on. Which works pretty well in terms of helping you stay oriented to enemies that are often like circling around you and things like that. Exactly. I mean, it's it's a thing that you. It seems so natural and such an elegant solution. You think it would have happened a lot sooner than this. Yeah. But this was the first game to use it, and now like you can't really find any 3D action games that don't have some kind of lock-on feature. That's true. Uh, but it's it's really important, and and it's imagine like compared to Mario 64, if you wanted to punch an enemy, you had to align your body and then punch and right. swing manually. The and punch you, in Mario is pretty worthless. It's Mario always 64 pretty bad. Is pretty worthless. And you're always like going a little past them. This time, Z targeting arranges it so that you're always facing your enemy and then you're going to strafe left and right wherever you need to go and it's just an incredibly elegant solution and i think it really made this game and it it, it and changed they, well, and game they wanted development. to take the concept of legend of zelda uh let's skip adventures of link for a moment because it yeah. worked differently uh link to the past where you had four directions mm-hmm. to worry about and so you could always hit yeah. if you were pointing in the right direction and they needed to maintain that idea. Yeah. Link, when he's pointing at the bad guy, ignore what I was doing when I was playing earlier, is going <laughs> to hitting the bad guy. Yeah, you were struggling to, to get your sword out for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I, having to actually draw my sword was confusing. Yeah. Uh, all right, I, I, we, we're, I we're mean, definitely going to go long on this sure, one. Well, but, that's like, fine. Yeah. I feel, but I also feel like the camera in this game is pretty smart anyway for not having any camera controls. Mm. Even if you're not using the targeting function, like if you start climbing a wall, it'll zoom out and go directly behind you. There's a puzzle right at the beginning where you need to jump from a high distance, and as you get close to that edge, the camera kind of pans down yeah. 
to show you that area that you have right. to jump to. And Most of the time, you're just not thinking about the yeah, camera, which, which is, is amazing for the for N64. N64 it's yeah, amazing. And, uh, there are a few times that it's just like, I have to jump across several islands, and it sweeks around at the wrong yeah, time and it sure. goes flying off in the wrong direction but those are the exception rather than the rule so and it, right. it's it's not like 100% flawless especially when compared with games today but I would still argue this is the best camera on the system hands down like I don't think any other camera control oh, uh, system yeah, other than of, of any yeah. 3D game yep. like I think it's it's absolutely the best um we absolutely cannot oh oh and that's the other thing i love about it like freeing up those c buttons yeah means you can have your inventory right there so which you is always have three awesome. different items that you're able to access at a time you're not whereas, always opening menus yeah. and like yeah it's great and so convenient you so are fun. irritatingly and i had forgotten about this um irritatingly opening menus constantly to remember how to play all the stupid songs like now the, yeah well, right I, now yeah if i used I, to have them playing the game i would have them all memorized yeah yeah yeah. yeah to, i can't well, do that anymore some of the ones that actually teleport you places are not like super intuitive no, like i can no. still do zelda's lullaby and opponent's song oh yeah 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 but like the ones that you get later the bolero of fire you just wait, yeah. I, I don't know it would be nice if there were, i feel like in modern versions of this there would either be like a little menu or it would sort a, of up down a yeah it yeah, would yeah, pop up like, like near the right or the left side of the screen to just remind you what you're supposed to play no yeah, very nice. minor but you know when you're dealing with a game as good as this you have to be nitpicky in your criticisms I, don't get me correct me if i'm wrong i think the 3ds version lets you play it on the touch screen um and you'll have it like kind of down there so oh, you can you can play it like that, that um makes which is I, which is a nice i haven't way played that version but yeah. i've only played i played this and the master quest and they're both they're both good yeah while we're talking about uh, uh playing instruments we have to talk about the music in this game uh, the score here is by Koji Kondo, who is the, the all-time legend of game development. Uh, some of his accomplishments include the fucking Super Mario Brothers theme, <laughs> Legend of Zelda theme, the Star Fox theme, the fucking Punch-Out theme, which is uh, one of my favorites, yeah. and of course the weird, creepy child chanting of Yoshi's story. Uh, it's <laughs> one of his lower moments. It's kind of it's kind of hard to call Ocarina like his crowning achievement, like while most men, women, and children in the world could hum the Mario theme off the top of their head at any given moment. But there's a depth to Ocarina of Time, especially for the time, the the range, the amount of instruments that come into play, the range of songs you're encountering. And how integral it is to the gameplay. That's the important part. It's like in the Mario games, you basically get your world context themes. Yeah. And nothing else. Here you get your location themes, but then you also have situational themes and then you have music that you yourself have to remember and play right and composing all of those and bringing them together i think given the limitations of space they had Mm -hmm. is fantastic oh yeah absolutely it's like amazing like the different songs that you play are all like very fleshed out beautiful pieces of music and you hear them once when you beat the temple and then they play for about five seconds when you play the song yeah like wow that was a great song that like most games would like use over and over again but this game is like gonna go through all this work to make this great music you only hear once yeah right and but i cannot think of another video game that i will simply turn on the soundtrack to and listen to yeah i like all of the music i will even you know hang out through the shadow temple music (laughs) yeah 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 because it's just it's beautiful and it's so seamlessly integrated Mm -hmm. and it's just i feel like this is such a great showcase for koji kondo beyond just like you know the the little ditties that you remember the 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 little earworms you know this is like a full orchestrated score and it's so beautiful and uh 
And yeah. it's surprising because, as we learned from the Tony Hawk games, uh, usually music is not the N64 strong. No, suit, it's but really it all not. Sounds great on this. Mm-hmm. Oh, it sounds gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And they well, even it's just put a in question like, of how much space they're willing to free up for. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And they, they they put some of the original Zelda sound effects in here too, like beep 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 beep. beep yeah, with mm-hmm. open doors. Yeah. And really, like I was really appreciating playing this time how great the sound effects were. Like like you, you point out the sound of the Skulltulas when they're like chirping and everything yeah. like that, and then the echoes every time you go into a dungeon or a cave and the sound of pushing those blocks across the ground yeah <laughs> the, the big zora guy farting his way across the, <laughs> his throne so you can get past him yeah i do think they should have toned it down a little bit on the link yells um, oh yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> link is a very <laughs> loud boy and <laughs> for all that he does not say a single word yeah, exactly. yeah. and i love those scenes where somebody asks him a question and you he just stares at them yeah oh that's very interesting that's an exciting story <laughs> i think people are projecting onto him what they want you know <laughs> Uh, I mean, while we're uh, while we're picking on it, I, I wanted to look up some. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm a journalist, obviously. Mm-hmm. I need to be fair and balanced, and I, I need to find the other side of things. You're really bringing in that journalistic integrity. Absolutely, this, this I'm bringing region. it here. I'm nitpicking. That's what journalists do. Uh, you know, so so I wanted to look up what are some of the criticisms of this game because, like, I'm obviously pretty biased. I love this game. It's one so of them. Much. It works too hard. It's too awesome. <laughs> <laughs> no, the biggest one that you'll see over and over, and I think you guys might even agree with this, is the the water temple. Yeah. Um, that's, that's been a big bugaboo for a lot of people. So the water temple is the third temple you go to in the adult link storyline. It's at the bottom of Lake Hylia and the whole mechanic in the water temple. If you haven't played it, it revolves around raising and lowering water levels to get to different places. Mm-hmm. You can only do these from three certain spots in each dungeon and you have to play a song to get it to happen. And I hope you have flawless memory Yeah, this is uh, the thing. for space and spatial relation because finding those three spots is 98% of the time you'll spend on this temple. It, you know, I I never really had a problem with this temple, and I think it's because I just kind of got lucky the mm. first time I played it. I made all the right decisions the first time, and then I just internalized it on replay. So it's, I'm like, oh yeah, this is once, nothing. Like, it's I don't the see kind the of deal. situation that once you get screwed up and do it wrong, yeah. you're like, how do I get this back the way it was supposed to be? Absolutely. And your brain just melts. It probably took me six hours the first time, and then I'm like, oh, I just got totally lost. And then since then on my replays, it's totally straightforward, but sure. it took me forever to and get through that temple. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of backtracking, a lot of trial and error. Sometimes you'll just want to like go back to the entrance and start over. And defeating because... Shadow Link has oh, always fuck. been a challenge. He's That's water temple. Right. I forgot he's the mini boss. He's not even the main boss. He's, he's the, the mini, mini boss, boss in yeah. the fucking water the temple. The main boss was fucking nothing compared to defeating Dark Link. I, I liked that boss fight because you're like, you shoot a hook shot into a tentacle's guts and pull out its eye and then hit it. Yeah, like you, it's, awesome. it's where you get the long shot. And yeah, you, uh, I love that yeah. long shot well, so much. So this is, I mean, so I'll expand on that criticism a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I definitely have an issue. I think that the Water Temples is the most egregious example of this in the sense that, and my problem with this game, this is a problem with Zelda games I have in general, mm. is sometimes the puzzles to me are just not fun. Um, mm. the, the gameplay of running around, it often, you often sort of, the game sort of, when you get to a temple, it kind of blows its load on what the puzzle is doing in the first couple times. Where you're like, oh, this is the kind of puzzle where I am reflect, the kind of temple where I'm reflecting light yeah. or blowing air on a fan. Mm-hmm. And then it sort of just does different sort of variations of that through the temple. Like yeah. the second is just like, okay, you're setting a bomb on this switch and then you have to run over here in time. And then it does that in puzzle about six times sure mm-hmm. and then to me at some point it just kind of stops being exciting to me and so there's That's like fair. a very sweet spot to me where the puzzle is still challenged i haven't figured out the puzzle enough that it's still fun and exciting but that 
I'm, it's not so hard that I'm getting frustrated. Sure. And so, again, that's just a my personal taste thing of the actual puzzly dungeons of Zelda I often lose interest in quicker mm. than I should. And what's interesting about that is I, from all of my playthroughs, my favorite dungeon of Ocarina of Time is the Forest Temple. Yeah. Because it never does that. You There are so many things going on, and you don't have... You get the fairy bow in yeah. that one. And sure, you're shooting arrows at things, but shooting arrows at things never feels like... It's pretty rare that you have that lather, rinse, repeat feel yeah. with shooting things. Uh, sure. That's just a basic video game mechanic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of it is trying to navigate this twisted terrain. But I agree with you that with the uh, the Spirit Temple... The cool thing about the Spirit Temple is the time travel piece that you have yeah. to you have to solve yeah. it in two uh, time frames. But the lame part about it is, in the adult time frame, it's basically shining light on things, yeah. right? And in the kid time frame, it's growing things. Mm. I mean, you yeah. you're just going back and forth doing these same things. And the Water Temple is very much lower raise, lower raise, lower raise, sure, and flip switches. So the I I do think, especially after the first time doing the Water Temple, and my partner listening to me <laughs> swear a lot, yeah. Yeah. Um, thinking, I wish more of them were like the Forest Temple. Yeah. I mean, and that's fair. I, the weird thing about the Forest Temple I forgot to mention earlier is that when the game was first being developed and they were trying to figure out how to fit it all into one cartridge, they were going with more of a Mario 64 style where Ganon's castle was like a hub world mm. and you would walk into paintings. And they, they opted against that, but the only thing remaining from that is the boss battle of the Forest Temple. Who's with Shadow Ganon. Between, oh, yeah, wow. yeah. Who's running between all the paintings. That was a boss battle that happened when that's, that's what the game looked like. So anyway, a little random bit of trivia. Uh, I'm glad they didn't go that direction because that would be silly. Yeah, yeah, so I agree. So many games felt like they went that mm-hmm. direction on yeah. N64. So the the other complaints I found just from scouring message boards, uh, the the recurring things that come up, and everybody always qualifies as like, I hate this, 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 and this. But otherwise, the game's perfect. Um, the they need the to owl look up perfect. Oh, the, yeah, the, the owl, owl is their big issue uh, that comes up a lot. It is the... So do not you need have, to gather your yeah, thoughts. You do not mention. have repeat. Yeah, we, you be mean, your default option. No, no. The owl will you will leave the forest, and the owl will talk to you for about three minutes, tell you all about the adventures, the field you need to explore, and then he says, "Do you want me to repeat all of that?" And you you're trying to click through all this garbage. Yep. And then the default selection is yes. Yeah. Repeat all of this. Repeat please. all of it. Yeah. So. I spent. I probably had him repeated about four times because oh, I, I didn't even know that he was asking me. A I, I, think, I think the way so they I, phrase it is something like, um, you um, "Did you get again? all that?" Or, or "Yeah, you, did you need to hear that again?" Or yeah. "Did you get all that?" Or do something. Do you need to hear that again? And then it yes. says yes, no, yeah. So yeah, it. it I agree. That was. And of, I mean, it's uh, like uh, if you're going to have Senor Exposition appear in a story, yeah, make his default repeat no. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, the other thing you hear is Navi, uh, the, your little fairy hey! friend. Yeah. You know, she never annoyed me that much. I don't know. That's... I mean, she's no more annoying than Link in terms of no. the noises that she no. makes. I will say that I got a little bit of the annoyance with... I mean, there's actually a, a YouTube video called Shit uh, Navi Says uh-huh. that is a live-action version of kind of Ocarina of Time stuff with Navi flying around that I think lampoons the idea of why Navi is frustrating because yeah. it's like... Hey, I'm just walking around, and I would love to fight this Deku scrub. But Navi's over the fuck here. Yeah, yeah. And Navi's decided that this person hanging out over here is the most important thing on the planet. Mm-hmm. And I can't get her back here, so I have to swing blindly at this oh. thing. The targeting won't work. So, there, but that's not a Navi problem. That's a game design problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, They're figuring it out. And 
I honestly just ended up filtering out, like mentally filtering out all of her haze. <laughs> and some, I mean, honestly, like the things that she says are usually pretty useful mm-hmm. if you get stuck. Yeah. And she usually gives you a hint that will actually help you solve I the problem. I just wish there was a bitch I'm on a side quest button. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it's just kind of the style of like, you know, it, it's kind of that Japanese manga anime mm-hmm. style. Like uh, when, when they have voices like that are children or women, it tends to be like a higher voice. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just kind of the traditional way it goes. I, so it I never don't really know. bothered me. I, I probably told this story before so i apologize but um oh, I, I have not forgiven okay. yeah. i was in um switzerland a while ago um and that's a very international place to be we were taking a train the most international we were taking a train up a mountain um and um they had announcements like safety announcements in lots of different languages and they were all just kind of nor quote unquote nor like normal normal pitch normal pitch like just like calm men or woman voices. And then they did the one in Japanese Mm -hmm. and it was a high pitched little girl voice. And you're like, why did they decide to do this voice for this one language? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, my brother's husband is Japanese. Uh And so we get a lot, a lot of insight from him about, um, there are times actually my partner will just turn and say, Terry, explain your people. Okay. (laughs) And because you, there's, they definitely have their own cultural quirks, sure, sure. and I think that is absolutely, uh, absolutely one of them. Yeah. But um, Navi was far less annoying to me than Navi and Tattle in uh, Majora's Mask. Right. Far less annoying to me than Midna in Twilight Princess. See, and I don't really remember what Midna sounds like, but I've only played that game once. Whereas my I've played my like main memory times. of Midna is as you're a wolf, if you take off running, she goes. Ah! <laughs> oh god okay that's all coming back every fucking time oh it's all coming back yep i'm hearing it now and oh then she spends the entire time whining yeah i want my throne back you're going the wrong way do this other thing i'm like just let me be a wolf yeah i want to run free yeah all right let's try and let's try and put a bow on this all right. let's try and let's try and we wrap all it all believe up here that this is a good game we all we- agree this is a good game you Do we have it. anything else we need to talk about before we move on to our rankings here? No, let's move we feeling on good about it? Let's move on to our rankings. I think we all know where I am. Each week, uh, I don't we... know where you are, Steve. Well, uh, you know, you never oh. assume. Uh, each week, we are adding uh, games to our ongoing list. I think we're up to like 140 something now. Like we're really high. Re- I think it's a real debate whether or not you're going to put this game ahead of Super Mario 64. <gasps> Guess what? I am oh, number one, baby. Oh, oh. Ocarina of Time, number one game for me. It's really not even a question. Uh, I just I love it so much. Um, I I could I I mean we were just playing a little bit. And I I want to start a whole. <laughs> Whole new game and play it again on mm-hmm. the N sixty four. I love it to death, absolutely. Um, Woody, you're going to have the more controversial take. I'll have the more controversial take. Um, I, I agree that this is this is a brilliant, masterful game full of amazing size and scope. Um, but it's not like it doesn't like touch me in a personal way. Um, I'm and it doesn't it, have a big head mode. It doesn't have a big head mode. It doesn't have an announcer who goes boom shakalaka. Um, you can't get on fire. Actually, you can get on fire, but it is not beneficial. Shaq is barely in this game. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm putting it at number five. Number five, Which is okay. right behind Mortal Kombat Trilogy. Wow. Uh, there's no... You can't uppercut off people's heads in this game. You can't play... Untrue. If those people are... Uh, the Deku flowers, you can totally cut off their heads. Well, those yeah. are not the people. <laughs> um, you can't uppercut them into a pit of spikes. No, um, damn it. Yeah, I, I just I feel like this game doesn't quite have... It doesn't have the character that I want, and there's some parts of this game that I find unpleasant. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that's due to my personal taste. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but I would not be excited to play through the water temple or spirit temple again. I mean, you're oh. you're wildly wrong, but I was prepared for this. I okay. girded myself. <laughs> I, right, I, I, I absorbed the body I blow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually got here before you did. I, I witnessed his girding. Okay. I girded, yeah, right in front of him. Yeah, it was yeah. really yeah. aggressive girding. Normally I don't. Caleb, you have one and only game on this list, so this you're a lot luckier than a lot of our so, guests. Yeah, this is your number one game. A lot of people have to I would like, say of the games, games I've talked about on the podcast, this is definitely the best. <laughs> so I would actually... Uh, Ocarina of Time was the first 3D game I could play without just falling into chasms. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed uh, Mario 64. Mario 64, I would say, wins slightly in terms of graphics and just the smoothness of running around and being able to explore the world. But there isn't enough story there. Yeah. The the whole um, Stockholm Syndrome princess constantly running off with Bowser and then pretending like she wants to go back with Mario when he <laughs> yeah. eventually rescues her. I get tired of that plot over sure. and over again. We all know she wants it's, Lizard Daddy. Yeah. It's funny. Well, nobody ever talks about where Bowser Jr. came from. Let's be <laughs> honest. I like when you play new Mario games and the, literally the plot is 30 seconds long at the start of the yeah. game. Yeah. You just cut to the castle and then Bowser shows up and they're like, and then she goes, Mario! And you're yeah. like, that's all we need. One of my favorite things about Odyssey is she eventually gets rescued and she's like, I'm going to go traveling. Yeah. Screw y'all. Yeah, she totally eat, pray, loves like, the <laughs> yeah, rest of the like, game. It's great. Fuck yeah. yeah. But um, <laughs> Ocarina of Time, I think, is my favorite N64 game because it allowed me to... I tended to get motion sick playing games mm. when I was younger. It was a, a 3D game I could actually play. Yeah. And it had a story that was compelling enough that I wanted to keep playing. When I got frustrated, I still wanted to know the story. And it's... I think it is the first time I actually finished Legend, the original Legend of Zelda after I finished Ocarina of Time. Wow. Because I got frustrated with the original one trying to figure mm-hmm. out the puzzles because there wasn't enough story there. Yeah. But that made me want to go back and mm-hmm. replay it. So um, I, I don't know if I'd call it the best game ever, but it's the best game on uh, N64 for me. Yeah. And I mean, the yeah, the debate between whether Super Mario 64 or Ocarina of Time is the better game is sort of, you can go on infinitely. But, but you they, can you can really make an argument that those two are worthy of the pantheon of yeah. like, I would I would put both of them in like some of the top games. And they're made. way yeah. better. They're way better than anything else on the system. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The <laughs> league's ahead. Yeah. yeah. All right, we got a little business to get to. I have a, Ooh, we have a business. letter to start with, Ooh, which we letter. always love getting letters, so I'm going to read a letter. It's kind of a long one, but it's a good story, and it's pertinent to this. Uh, so this is from Kyle Berg. Hey, Stephen Woody. Hey, hi. Kyle Berg. And he didn't say hi to Caleb. What the fuck, man? Uh, it's been a while since I last <laughs> wrote That would have been amazing if he had said if he just hi. That would have been out now creepy. guess who's never been here. Wow, yeah, yeah. yeah that would have been crazy. Uh, says, it's been a while since I last wrote in, but after you announced that Ocarina of Time was the next game you were reviewing, I felt I had to write in about one of my favorite games of all time and about the misfortune surrounding how I got my copy of the game. Oh, no. A story of betrayal. I was at this friendship. guy's brother's house, and, and I saw he had this, this gold card. Yeah, this would be amazing if that was true. <laughs> this is a story of betrayal, a questionable friendship, and the loss of childhood innocence. So I was, it's the story of Ocarina of Time. It's, yeah, exactly. He, he woke up one day with a fairy. Uh, so I, I was in grade. Never mind. Self-editing. <laughs> phrasing. Self-editing. Phrasing. Uh, I was in grade school at the time. My friend Ryan and I were having a relaxing lunch. Ryan was one of my best friends at the time, though he was known to be a little bit of a troublemaker. Mm, it was around Christmas season that we naturally started talking about what we wanted for the holidays. That was when Ryan told me something interesting. You know that they probably keep the presents in the bedroom closet. I never bothered to wonder about where my parents kept the Christmas presents before, but the statement stirred my curiosity. 
He told me how he had found his presence earlier and my curiosity started to grow, yet there was an uneasy feeling in my gut. Several days later, be. several days later, I couldn't keep my curiosity under control. When my parents were busy, I took the dive and there it was, Ocarina of Time, a game I had only heard of. The first Zelda game I held in my hand since playing the original with my dad for hours on end. The mysteries and wonder that filled, filled my mind as a kid are beyond what I can remember. I quickly did the best I could to hide my tracks, and all there was left to do was to wait for Christmas to collect what was my dream game. <laughs> a few weeks later, the day came. My brother and I started opening gifts with childhood joy. For me, each one was a stepping stone to find the game I sniped out earlier. But the game... I remember feeling my face trying to hide the confusion. Where was it, I thought, as I unwrapped the last gift. I remember my mom asking if everything was okay and having a grin and saying everything was okay, hiding the fact that something seemed off. But that was nothing compared to the next morning. Ooh, look, Santa brought some presents over the Christmas night. I remember looking at the gift wrap box in disbelief. No, it couldn't be. It just couldn't be. But it was Ocarina of Time, the game I was looking forward to. The bullet that killed the... (laughs) The game I was looking forward to was the bullet that killed the magic of Santa for me. (laughs) I remember my face being drained of joy as I looked at the box and having to force a grin harder than I ever had before, trying to hide the shame and shock. P.S. Despite what happened, Ocarina of Time is still a game that is a deep part of my childhood. And although the magic of Santa may not be something I believe in anymore, I still believe that Christmas is a magical time of year, even if that magic is mostly man-made. Awesome story, Kyle. Thank you for sharing that. Short, short, similar thing. Literally the only time I went snooping for presents was before my birthday. I was probably eight or nine. I was a huge Transformers fan as a kid. Uh And I found that I'd gotten my favorite Transformer, Mirage, because it could turn invisible. Okay. It was a race car. Of course. So um, I got that and covered all my tracks, everything like that. Opened up on my birthday. Act all, you know, all impressed. And then one of my older brother's friends pulled uh, Zelda. Mm Mm-hmm. And my Transformer, like, four days after my birthday, disappears yep. and is later found out in the yard in pieces because my older brother had some sort of sociopath friends. Oh, God. So, um, I'm just going to tell everybody, don't go snooping for your presence. Bad things happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's 100% better to just... of the stories told on this podcast yeah. support this, this Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, never never do that. All right, we got one last little bit of business here, and that involves this, this is a beautiful thing I am holding up that no one can see except the two guys in this room. Well, that looks like this. A well, that is a lot more than no one. Ooh. Vinyl pressing of an Ocarina, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time soundtrack? On vinyl by Ooh. Koji Kondo in this beautiful edition from I Am 8-Bit. We have this hey, copy of the vinyl soundtrack. Oh, does it? Yeah. There it is. Yeah. There we got uh, we got Caleb's tramp stamp right <laughs> on the back. It's a picture of Caleb's and, uh, back. It's actually too, <laughs> it is very freckly on the back of it. In my in greater defense, I'm not offended by the idea of being a tramp stamp, but it would it's a pretty damn big tattoo for a tramp stamp. <laughs> I mean, it covers it's like just, half of my back. It's just indicating that you're a pretty big tramp, yeah. <laughs> okay, go. I can't argue with that. It transcends the, the traditional meaning. So, um, <laughs> as discussed earlier. He's um, my boss, by the way. I need to keep I need to keep reiterating. <laughs> Um, This game has a lovely soundtrack. We would all enjoy listening to it on on our own free time. And why not listen to it in crystal clear audio fidelity of vinyl. High fidelity, even. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we want to give this away to one of our beautiful listeners. So uh, we're going to We don't care what you look like. We don't care. I mean, ugly listener. You're all beautiful. You're all beautiful as long as you're downloading this podcast and, you know, rating and reviews. Uh, But yes, so we have this copy. We want to give it away. Uh, We're going to do it in a very unethical, pressing, possible way. way. I don't even know. But yeah, basically, we want to help. We want you guys to help us out with uh, promoting the show a little bit. And uh, so basically, 
you're going to be entering into this contest a couple different ways. So if you retweet the post that's pinned on our Twitter page at Ultra 64 Podcast, then you'll be entered once. If you leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, you'll be entered twice. And if you do that, make sure that you, like, write something. Yeah, don't just yeah. write, like, thumbs up, guys. Because, like, I mean, I'm I look fine at those, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Somebody just wrote those. awesome on one of our reviews. All right. I'm fine well, with that. fine. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, if you find some other creative way to promote the show, like uh, like art, music, video, whatever, then that's three more entries. Video type yourself doing parkour in a dress. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Just don't hurt yourself. Instead of, in that case, instead of yelling parkour, you can yell Zelda. Zelda! Or just go, hey, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you do that so well. I can't do that. Um, yeah, so that, that's a, a total of six entries that you can possibly get for this contest. And then you'll be um, entered into we'll a keep random track. drawing. Entered into a random drawing. And uh, yeah, we're, we'll we'll keep this up until June 22nd. So that's two full weeks to get uh, promotion and stuff done on this. Uh, yeah, uh, we we looking forward to this to giving this away. This thing is beautiful. Uh, I think it's going to be a great addition. And as we've already talked about, the music is absolutely amazing. So don't yeah, say I, I feel like if it's possible, this podcast should fade out to the Grotto Valley theme. I think that is possible. I think we it's, have the, we have the power. I, I haven't picked the music to fade out with yet, but yeah, we can do the, the Gerudo Valley. Why not? So, I'm locked in. So I am too old to change. What game, Steve, is going to dethrone Ocarina of Time as oh, your number Christ's one? Sake. No, never. Is it going to be Oh my god. This Powerpuff Girls. This is going to be the biggest bit of whiplash when we get to next week's game because we're going <laughs> okay. from Ocarina of Time. Next week's game is going to be Blues Brothers 2000. <laughs> So that the N64 game. Time, take oh wow! <laughs> I are, my neck it, already it was, hurts. It was from short that. at the top. Yeah, short time at the top. But Blues Brothers <laughs> 2000 is blazing in with a briefcase briefcase full of blues <laughs> they're on a mission from God for the new number one spot. Oh man! I'm fairly certain that. Blues Brothers 2000 movie isn't anybody's favorite. Let no. alone the game. This is the definition we, of a we, game we're nobody probably wanted. obligated to watch the movie, right? Uh, I was going to watch the movie. I wasn't going to make you watch no. it, but we can do it. Yeah, if you're if you're down for it, I'll, we'll watch it. I, I, what else are we going to talk about? What else are we talking about? Exactly. Game? Exactly. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for sitting with us for this ultra long episode of uh, uh, Ultra 64. We we absolutely. Uh, I, I'm just so happy to be talking about Legend of Zelda. I could go on for several more hours, but I'm not going to do that. Well, to you people. will when we get to Majora's. Mass. Oh boy, can't wait for that one. Um, so thank you so much once again. Remember uh, to enter now for your chance to win this uh, vinyl soundtrack. Thank you so much, Caleb, for being here. So maybe I'll come back show. for Majora's Mask. You're welcome back anytime. We're always happy to have you on. Uh, thank you, Woody, for enduring all of this once again and all of my nonsense. Uh, and uh, everybody, pull the sword out and grow up. I don't know. Isn't that the? I don't, I, I don't know the catchphrase. <laughs> Excuse me, I don't know. I don't know. I, because his main line is yeah, yeah. There really isn't a catchphrase except maybe that. So I'm gonna take one of the ones from the CDI game. I'm so hungry I could eat an octorock. There we go. We'll close on that. Well done. Night, everybody.